Welcome to the conversations with Jason Campbell and Henry Galena. And we are in part two. It's not a direct part two, but it's, it's, it's close enough. Um, in our last episode, we asked the question, whatever happened to fashion journalism? And in this episode, we're asking the question, what, where are the black leaders in fashion? Or where's the black leadership in fashion? And we, we're calling it part ones and two because there are some overlapping explanation we find or we feel, and we're going to dive into that in, in this episode. Yeah. Henrietta. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> We've been hitting on some issues that gets me a little, gets me <laughs> quite riled up by <laughs> this particular one. We, I, I love in these episodes that we revisit things. We may have touched on them slightly in one episode and then gets fleshed out in another and we may even take another stab at it. And yeah, I, th- I feel like season three is literally just one long episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> so much, you know, there's so much um, sort of convergence and so much uh, that that connects and there's like, for example, economics. We've spoken about the economics and money in fashion as like the reason for so much, for example. So, you know, there's so many things that are being linked for, so many things are being linked. There's so many things that are being linked in this age. Okay, let's talk about the black leadership. And this can be a little, we're black people ourselves. We're two relatively prominent black people in this industry. Uh, And we have never shied away from looking at our own community as well as looking at the industry as a whole. And, um, you know, I've never really gotten any any criticism from the audience about like sort of, you know, um, uh, analyzing or looking at some of our black uh, leaders, let's say, and I use the word leader with with quotes. I mean, I have my, my, my ear quotes going here because I feel that there's a dearth of leadership in this business. And I have to tell you, I saw the a Gucci ad, I think it just came out yesterday with Beth Ann Hardison in that ad. And that, that, that's part of the spark for this for this conversation because for many, Beth Ann Hardison is the godmother of this of uh, this industry, at least where diversity is concerned in this industry, and they look to her for change making. In fact, she is on the Gucci Change Makers um, Council. I don't really know what that means, um, but apparently, as a change maker, you end up in their ad campaigns. That is that's the that's the end result of change making in in the fashion industry where diversity is concerned. So in me looking at that, and we've spoken about being pay-to-play, that pay-to-play formula in other episodes, and I think in this instance, it is one of the most offensive and egregious uh, sort of act that I've seen in respect to a really important movement that I have lent my voice to for, for the last 20 years and will continue to lend my voice to. And I think what is happening in this era is that the conversation is being usurped by People who are self-interested and is driving us into a place of, I, I, I dare say, that the results that someone like myself may be looking forward towards will never be realized on the time, on the watch of these individuals who are leading the charge. Beth Ann Hardinson is one of them. Naomi Campbell is, an, is another one of them. And this disingenuousness is not going to take us to the place that we need to be. Let me qualify this Gucci that I just brought up. If you are a leader, <laughs> you consider yourself a community leader. Or the community is the fashion industry. 
this year. You're the, you're the community leader, and your job is to look at all the players in your community and how they're acting and how they're treating your community. It's not to say that you can't have a close relationship with some, some entities and less close relationship with others, but when someone is literally, when one of those entities is literally putting money into your pocket for your silence and for your play and for your complicitness, you have lost your ability to lead in that instance. And I think that is exactly what is happening in fashion right now, is that we're looking to these highly entrenched people. Uh, and I, I, as I said, I highlight Naomi Campbell, I highlight Beth Ann Haddison because they're the two visible, <laughs> sadly, sadly, also sadly, this business lacks, um, lacks players, lacks leaders, lacks, <laughs> lacks jobs for people of color. But we have two, two women here who have been very visible and successful in their own right over the, over the last 30 years. And they have ascended to the leadership ranks in this business for, di for the diversity movement. But what they have essentially done is turn this into a promotional platform for their own self-interest. And that, to me, is abominable and offensive. Yeah, so there are a few things here that um, I guess generally I agree with you as a as a general point but i think that the there are specifics to your two examples right which is one uh with with regards to beth ann it's really not too dissimilar to the journalism and that's why it's connected to the what happens to journalism and fashion what is happening with activism and community leadership in in our industry is that it you're not immune to like having to be paid so I think that there is an element, rightly or wrongly, of Bethann trying to monetize um, just her position, her life, the economics of living in New York in a way that feels as authentic as possible. So like she, I guess it's incumbent on her to be as discerning as possible as to where she lends her image or her voice and, and how that's paid for. Um, I don't I don't see how she is monetizing beyond her relationships with brands. That's one thing. With Naomi Campbell, I do think that that is different. And I know that you think that is because I'm a fangirl. It really isn't. She is a model. That is her actual profession where she gets paid to be the face of we brands. Have, well, we have to discuss Naomi so, differently. Yes, we have to discuss so Naomi differently. So for me, it's like when she's walking Valentino and talking about their affinity to blackness, that to me is a big part of her job as a model. I don't look to her as a community leader in that position while she's saying that. That's your job. Like, well, don't you think? Henrietta, you may not. You may not. But they have positioned themselves, and let's be honest: we know how the public is, and we know how they drink the Kool Aid. They have positioned themselves as exactly that. They have positioned themselves as the leaders of of the diversity movement in this industry. Would you disagree with that? I don't disagree, but I think that context matters. So, in the context of a show environment, I look at her as a model first and foremost. In the context of her at some huge economic conference, I look to her as like... As, as what? Whatever she says she is. Right, so when she's, talk, when she's in Africa and she's doing all of this philanthropy, whatnot, and she's supporting brands through that lens, I'm really looking closely to see exactly what she's saying. But when she's working as 
a model. No, I'm like less I, inclined to be. Obviously, I, let's distinguish between that. Let's not let's not get stalled on that point because that's ultimately the point. She's she endorses brands as a exactly. model. That's what she does. So that's yeah, why yeah. I think there is nuance in that. Beth Fine. Ann is Beth Ann, I hear what you're saying because I could see how you would think that's problematic. But on a really pragmatic level, which is kind of how I'm looking at this also, is I just I struggle to see how else she will monetize. <sighs> That's really then. That's a that's a sad reality for us. If you, as uh, as an observer of this industry, and you see how we're not represented, and you see the struggles that we have and the challenges that we have, and the godmother, there's only one. We, there's not an equivalency of her. I, I again, I don't necessarily hold her in such high esteem uh, in this role, but she's the only one, and you are so quick and so okay with compromising or with with. Uh, having her live a compromised credibility because she has to pay her bills. Again, we are, you have to look at a representation on this planet. Uh, Fine, narrow it into this industry, which is so narrow, but then she's the only one. Can, Can we not have a credible a credible leader? How? Why do we have to look at a compromised, a compromised leadership? Why can't we get the real deal? But yet we're asking for real change. Why do we have to uh, to accept less than? And and here's my partner in this podcast, and you in in that breast, someone I highly respect, who just in that in, in sort of an aside is just like, oh well. Well, she kind of has to pay her bills, so I don't mind that she's paid and still be the person that we respect and, and speak say, for our cause. I didn't say that. I just said from a pragmatic point of view, I, that was my vantage point. I also have a very different point of view on black leadership because I I don't take it from the mainstream. I just don't think Naomi Campbell is to me, the figurehead of this movement. And I don't think that Bethann Hudson is the only one. But that's also... Name the other participants. That's also... (laughs) But I understand what you're talking about because from a... We tend to talk about these things very high level. So on a mainstream world stage, yes, they are two very prominent figures. The only, the only two prominent figures. Let's we. I, I don't want to be breezy about this. Like let's, I, let's call it for what it is. Wait, but let me finish. So from a mainstream global standpoint, yes, there's some others maybe as black people, not including the Pier Paolo's and the other people that have really, I think, taken a big step into this leadership role that we talk about in our industry. Excuse me? Huh? Did you say that Pier Paolo from has Valentino? T- have from, you not from, noticed? From, wait, hold. He's from Valentino the, has taken a role as a leader in I this movement? So. Yes, I think, I think so. he's literally become one of the big voices. It has been assigned the, to him and he's not however worthy. It's, however it's happened, I just have noticed that whenever you're talking about blackness in fashion, he is and, there. And that's why the blowback, and let, let's kind of go back to some of the issues that we've discussed in recent times on this podcast, and that's why the blowback from business of fashion and Pierre Paolo being on the cover with a dude on that issue, this current issue of business fashion, that's why it was so problematic. That's why some people are still smarting and so upset. How dare you? How dare you put this black woman with this this, this white man on the cover of your magazine and then change the narrative to say that this black, this white man is leading the, is leading the diversity movement. That was like, that was one of the most problematic things in this whole business of fashion discussion, I have to tell you. And here you're, here you're, you're, you're floating the same concept, the same idea. All I did was acknowledge it. I didn't say anything either way. It's it's almost endorsing it. No, all I was saying was we're talking about a mainstream leadership. And I pointed out that also other voices that are not black are part of this conversation wrongly or rightly. Like I'm not 
and of course I'm not endorsing it. Just because I'm saying it exists doesn't mean I'm endorsing it. And I don't think it is exclusive to BOF. I have noticed that he is everywhere. He's it's British Vogue are doing it. Edward Enenfold's anointing him with that. It's like a it's prevalent, offensive. It's a prevalent thing. It's what it is. It's but offensive. That but that wasn't my point. My original point was we are talking about a, a mainstream global perspective on this. So yes, there are very few figureheads, and I noted that Pierpaolo seemingly seems to be one of them. Interestingly enough, I wasn't endorsing it either way. So yeah, there are a few people. There's Edward. There's Naomi. There's Bethan. There are other industry figures. I won't get into Pier Paolo. But that's a very mainstream perspective, which I don't prescribe to because I I see it for what it is. Well, you're talking about mainstream as opposed to the underground. Henrietta, do you realize that there's only one stream in fashion? We're not, it's not that layered, you know, in terms of where we're represented, that there's this stream and that stream. Right, there's only I'm, one stream. I'm, I know I understand what you're saying, but I'm just talking about, I'm just trying to um, contextualize my point of view on it, is that I don't take that for being all it is because there are so many other voices that I'm interested in reading. Which and other voices? I would like to know. There are so many other black voices in fashion, but they're just not mainstream. I mean, there are so many other opinions to read about, to understand. Do you not think? No, I don't. I don't. And here's the thing. I hold counsel with a lot of um, uh, participants in fashion um, all the time surrounding these issues, but these are not the people who are viewed as change makers. They're not recognized. <laughs> they may they may feel strongly for the cause. They don't. People don't know who they are because they don't. They're not. Um, they're not allotted that stage that the Naomi's and the the, the Beth Ann's are. So no, no, Henrietta, they're not out there. <laughs> they're not. I, I would love for you to name them because again. I'm out there. I I, I I don't see them. I don't I don't see them. Where are they speaking from? What are they saying? I'm just saying in terms of where we get... It seems this, so diplomatic. It's strange. It's not diplomatic. I just think that when we talk about where we're getting information and people that are actually doing the work, like Robin, given Celine... Like Celine, okay, yes. Yeah, Celine, Celine is in the... Marjan Carlos. We have people like Kibwe, Chase Mar- Marshall. Okay, let's talk about Marjan. Let's talk about Marjan. Kibwe, Chase Marshall. Let's talk like, about Kibwe. Like, are these people empowered? Both of those people has been dis- enfranchised actually from the conversation neither of them are playing a real role in the conversation because they have not been um uh they have been have been entrusted to do so so in fact you're 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 elucidating my very very point is that yes they're smart minds capable people in this business who have been having the conversation and have great ideas as to how to lead and how to change things they are not empowered. In fact, they are duly dismissed. So that's the paradigm in this business. And again, who comes out front? We have people like Bethann Hardison and Naomi Campbell. They are the two, it's almost like they're the two that keeps getting carted out. That's it. There is no one else that's visible in the movement. And you name two people, like two smart, qualified people, no one knows who they are. Look. Because that's as far as I got, right? Off the top of my head. But all I'm saying is, from my personal opinion, wrongly or rightly, I'm not claiming that this is objective and how everyone should feel. I just don't hold that much value in this idea that they are the leaders. To me, they do not speak for all Black voices in fashion. It's problematic that there are so few because there are different ideas and different types of Blackness in our industry. And that's all I'm saying. So to really exalt Naomi and Bethan to this this kind of, they're, they're the only two. For me, I just don't have that opinion because to me, they are not the only two. And when we talk about leadership, I don't necessarily think that they are 
the ones that are leading just from their vantage point. These are women who've been in the industry for a really long time. They're involved in a lot of the politics. There's a lack of, to me, a lack of real progressive thinking and talking and just like a lack of honesty. Like Naomi and Bethan are not emboldened to be truly objective and honest because they're tied to so many other parts of the industry that we do see from a consumer brand partnership facing element. And that's also behind the scenes. There's a whole bunch of things that we do not even know in terms of the money and the power and how they're silenced and what they are and aren't allowed to say. I mean, who's to say? Like, we could sit down with Naomi and really spill the tea and like get into it. Like you were talking about with at BOF Voices, you get behind closed doors and it's like, and this is wrong. And like, fuck this person. And this is what I want to change. And then they get on the stage and they're like, well, I really (laughs) admire Gucci for all of their work in, in the culture. Like it's not real. So I just see it for what it is. And I do actually value other, maybe lesser known voices, I think for now, but I do value other opinions of people who I deem to be smarter, more objective, more progressive, because I do get nourishment from those platforms, even if they're not widely mainstream, globally recognized, but I still think it's important. So for me, it's just, all I'm saying is my blood boils a lot less than yours because I've never held them in that high esteem, nor do you. Nor do I. Nor do you. <laughs> as a, In terms of... Nor do you, but I do see your frustration that it's like as the most visible you have to do better. But I'm also like, maybe I'm giving other people too much credit, but I think other people could contextualize it for what it is too. So I, I, I well, think con- that it's... Well, contextualizing is one thing and and being viewed as a change maker is another. You know, I, I as I expressed to you in one of our recent episodes that at Be Voices, we had an incredible conversation with an assembled uh, group of, of a diverse... That no one will ever know about. <laughs> that no one will ever know about. But that... That group, that assemblage was so powerful. And when I mean it was passionate, it was a screaming match for a bit, for a time, because we were all coming from different angles, but ultimately we were all for the cause. And that was interesting to me. But I got to tell you, no one at that table seemed like totally self-interested. Again, that was that was a yeah, one but conversation. Jason, not to be funny, but you also said, you literally said it's on record. That's great that you had such a powerful conversation. But then at the um, McKinsey uh, panel talk, when you asked about inclusion and diversity, you literally got the most performative answer. So these people yes. are still getting out but that was a in these spaces. That was a different. That was a different crew. That was but, a different audience. But it's all the same shit. Like people are still getting out in public in these spaces, and they're thinking about their image. They're thinking about their earning potential. They're thinking about uh, being media trained. They're thinking about their relationships, and and it's very different behind closed doors as it is on stage. So for me complaining about what we see on stage is it feels not pointless and we should be having these conversations because maybe I'm just too complacent. See, and I'm not. And and I'm not. So maybe that is part of the problem. But to me, I'm just like, I look at the Gucci thing and honestly, I saw it. You sent it to me with the ultimate rage, but I, I had already seen it yesterday and I just thought, She's getting her coins. But that but Henrietta, I was like, she's that, getting paid. That sounds that sounds terrible to me. It- <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I know I won't apologize because I, I it's not something I I, <laughs> I want to apologize as much as about. No, but I also want to qualify as we talk a lot about the ideology of fashion. We definitely have, and I've definitely been criticized for for it. Like, you know, you, you could be so ideological, but that's just not how the real world works. It's not practical, and blah, blah, blah. I think in this situation, because I feel like I'm so um, hyper aware maybe that's the wrong word maybe that's not the right way to say it but like 
I am super pragmatic because I see it for what it is. Well, but you may not be expecting a lot from them, but I'm expecting a lot of this time. I'm expecting a lot of change. I think we can achieve it. I think that there are people who can work to make this happen. And I am annoyed that dis- disingenuous people are in the way of making those changes happen. We're not disagreeing at all. I fully agree with you. I just think that it's going to be other people. I don't think Naomi Campbell and Beth Ann Hudson are going to usher in this new wave of no, change. Oh, no, they're not. In a meaningful way. No, they're I'm not. I'm just not expecting that from them. No, they're not. So when these things happen, I'm just like, cool. Well, <laughs> that was a fiery one. <laughs> and um, we will continue to discuss these issues in 2020. Thank you for joining us. Ciao. Bye-bye. Huh? It's my time for some-